So it's wintertime and we got snow on our roads and, and ice. You know, it means that you have to kind of be a little more decisive about whether you're going to go or not go when you're on the roads. Right, right, right. Because you have less traction. And earlier this week I was coming up to a light and I could tell that it was about to turn yellow. Mm-hmm. And I thought about speeding up and, and gunning through. But then I said, well, you know, maybe not. And so I, I slowed down and I, I stopped at the lights as it was turning yellow, yep. turning red. And I did that okay, uh, because it was the Edgar Wright thing to do. I guess I've told you about my condition. Only every time I see it. If you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Hokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster. Now say my name. I am Iron Man. Hello, everyone. And welcome back to another episode of the Screen Time Podcast. I'm Connor. And I'm Luke. And today, we're continuing something we started last year, and I'm giving this a, a, a title here, Director Spotlight, where we take a look at, at certain films by a specific director. Mm-hmm. And today, we are looking at Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. Now, about a year ago, we took a look at three movies that have been called the Cornetto Trilogy. Correct. That were also directed by Edgar Wright. Exactly. Starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And they were great. And also, I think that that was a pretty good episode of ours, too. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage going back and, and listening to that. Uh, but today, we're going to talk about four other movies that he directed, rounding out the theatrical movies that Edgar Wright has directed. At some point, maybe we'll come back and do short films, maybe some documentary pieces. We'll see. That's yeah. for us to decide later. Yep. But today, we're, we're rounding out his, his movies. Mm-hmm. So that means that we will be talking about Fistful of Fingers, A Fistful of Fingers, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Baby Driver, and Last Night in Soho. Bingo. And I think that's the order we're going to go through. Yeah, release order, might as well. So, let's talk about A Fistful of Fingers. Let's do it. Which I had seen on his filmography for a while, and then kind of didn't really get around to watching it, which I feel like is a nasty habit of mine where it's... I have a director that I'm like, oh yeah, like they're they're top dog. But there's right. one movie that I just have never watched. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like I've never seen Death Proof by Quentin Tarantino. Oh well, it <laughs> sucks. So you're good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, but I should, right? Yeah, maybe. But that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, there's kind of one for most directors. I think Christopher Nolan's the only one that I've committed to. Like I've watched every single movie that he's made, and they're all amazing. That's true. Uh, and then I, I went to find A Fistful of Fingers, and I, I wanted to find it on, on disc, you know, just in case we could find bonus features. And uh, we have a really solid library system in our province, yep. where it's like, even if the the thing that I'm looking for isn't in our city, I can put a hole in it and they'll bring it in from another city or town mm-hmm. in our province. It's really cool that way. Uh, Fistful of Fingers just does not exist on the database. No. And I went, all right. And then I thought, well, it's pretty old. Like, not old, old, but it's 1995. Yeah. Uh, so I took a shot in the dark, and I looked it up on YouTube, and the full movie's on YouTube. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's so that's how I watched it. Nice. And uh, I will say, it's 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 like, you know, just mentioning Chris Reynolds recently, it's like watching the following after watching his other movies. And seeing the seeds of, like, oh, like, you've always done this. 
like from the first time you made a movie, mm-hmm. this is what you were doing. Watching the Fistful of Fingers, it's like that. He's very dynamic with his camera movements mm-hmm. and specifically using the movement of the camera to create comedy. Yeah. And a lot of clever comedy. There's some cheap comedy in this as well. Uh, There's kind of cheap comedy in all those movies. <laughs> uh, but you can kind of see like, oh, like, this was always your plan was to do like this thing. Yeah. Right? It's not that you tried making a movie and then went, okay, let me try something else, something else, something else. There's elements of, of his filmography that are consistent. Yeah. But boy, oh boy, is A Fistful of Fingers just very much like a student film. I mean, it's basically what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's an independent film, right? I think so. I, yeah, I think yeah. the only studio would, studio attached to it is like a right stuff pictures or something yeah yeah i it was strange because it's also an hour and 17 minutes which like i can get down with a short run time <laughs> but uh boy did it feel kind of long <laughs> oh man i don't know man <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, at its best it is a bit of fun but that only worked for me for so long mm-hmm. and then it's kind of just like still nothing's really quite happened yet i didn't mind some of the jokes especially because it, he's making fun of westerns yeah and there are like some fun gags where like uh he walks into like a saloon and everyone's just sitting there not talking not moving until he walks through the door so they go hey and then everyone kind of kicks into action and he thinks that's kind of weird so he walks out And everyone pauses again until he walks back in. And I'm like, that's kind of funny. (laughs) Or the, like, the third line of the movie is a guy talking to the main character. He's like, you going to draw your gun? He's like, well, I can't do that. Why not? Because I don't have a pencil. And I was like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) I can get get down with some of this. Yeah, I think the, the interesting part about movies like this and following is, yeah, like you said, you get to see how, like, it kind of started with that yeah. director and seeing how, like comparing where they are in their career now to like how they started. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting perspective to go about it. Yeah. Uh, and like, even with the camera, there's some pretty solid gags. Uh, there's a moment where they're at the edge of a cliff and there's a sign at the edge of the cliff that says edge of cliff. Yeah. And then the camera pans to the right and you see another sign that says edge of frame. And then you can kind of see the camera go, oops, and, and go back. So that <laughs> sign is at the edge of the frame. And I'm like, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I honestly don't have a ton to say about it. Just that it, it it's fun looking back and, and seeing kind of the seeds of what mm-hmm. came later. Yeah, exactly. In that, like, he, he always knew that he was going to be clever with, with his writing and his jokes and and that the camera was always going to have a part to play in his storytelling. Yeah. 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 It's cool that way. Agreed. Next movie? Next movie. You can talk about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yes. Not the not the anime. The no. movie. This is... When I first knew about this movie, I didn't actually know that it was a comic. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know how I didn't know that. But I watched it and it was like based on the comic and I was like... That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. This is such a good movie. Agreed. I uh I I read all the books before before I even knew there was a movie. 
and then I went to like Google it and discovered, oh, like they've made this <laughs> cool. Yeah. And I'll say the second movie I'm about to mention is not very good, but this movie and 2003's Hulk are like the two movies that just feel like they really nailed taking a comic book and putting it on the screen in live action. I'll say. Like the that, way the that 2003 Hulk that's where you're going with? Yeah. Okay. What are you, what are you thinking? Are you talking about like visually? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, that movie kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they do they have fun with like the the comic panel frames, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's And great. and the amount of like motion lines and even just using split frame but having it kind of look like like a like a comic book, mm-hmm. right? And just details like that, or even like when you're panning around the room and those little boxes show up, where it's like, this is Wallace's stuff, Wallace's yeah. stuff, Wallace's stuff. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, they took full advantage of like what, like, we know that this is a book, and we're making it into a movie, but we also don't want you to forget that it was a book, and kind of bring some of that enjoyment, and just sew it into the fabric of what this movie is. Yeah. I think, I'm fascinated by the why, by the way, I haven't read all the books yeah but i have the first two volumes i want i want to read the rest but it, it's so interesting to me to see something like that long it's not that long it's only like six or seven volumes but seven, like yeah. longer than a movie would put in to see something long like that adapted into just two hours and it's really it makes a really fun like quick paced movie and it kind of reminded me i, I rewatched it and I was like, wow, no way. I'm I'm getting the same vibes as I am from like Shin Ultraman and Shin Kamen Rider where they're like, all right, here's our character. Here's kind of what they want. Villain segment. Boom, quick fight. Awesome. All right, that was fun. Move on to the next one. Boom, quick fight. And meanwhile, like the little, like the main villain is kind of like just peeping up every now and then. Yeah. But you're not really sure what the role to play is until that final section. Also, I completely forgot how this movie ended. <laughs> so I rewatched it, and it was like I was watching it for the first time. Once they get to uh, Gideon's place at the end there, yeah, I was like, I know that he fights with a sword. I have no idea what's going to happen next. It was really fun, and like Knives shows up in the fight, and I'm like, didn't remember that. That's awesome. <laughs> and then the end with Nega Scott. Yeah. I, like... It was like I'd never watched it before. It was so weird. But that, oh, it's so funny. It's so good. And something about this movie that he's done with a, a couple of his projects that I think is really cool. And and you really uh, talked about this when we were talking about uh, The World's End. Is that if you haven't seen the advertising and you don't know what the movie is, you're watching it. And Scott Pilgrim starts off and it's a guy who's kind of a loser, right? And you're like, oh, yeah. okay, so, like, the movie's probably going to be that he learns to pull himself together. You know, he's meet this girl. That's probably going to be a key motivation for him to kind of, you know, pull him up, pull himself up by his bootstraps. Yeah. Get his life together. You know, have a successful relationship with the girl that's his age. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, out of nowhere, after, like, the first concert, this guy shows up and it all of a sudden it turns into, like, a video game fight movie. Yeah. And you're like, what is going on here? Well, I watched it with my brother, <laughs> who had no idea anything about it. Like, he's never even heard of Scott Pilgrim other than when I said, do you want to, want to watch Scott Pilgrim? And then we're like, okay, maybe. But then we watched something else. But we finally watched it. And 
it was really fun to watch that reaction because yeah he was so confused <laughs> when uh, i can't I, like i struggle with the names but i can't remember the first guy that he fights at the concert matthew patel i think yeah matthew patel yeah when he shows up my brother was what okay this is weird and then uh, it's it's like the green screen of Scott jumping through the air. He's like, okay, what the heck is going on? <laughs> what is this movie? Yeah, it's it's honestly a really really weird movie. Absolutely. It's so weird, but it's so good. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, and the visuals are incredible. From like the craziness of like, you know, it's like him in yeah. midair holding a kick pose with like green screen lines behind him. Yeah. All the way to, like, uh, when Knives goes to his house and Wallace answers the door and Knives is like, is Scott home? And you watch him jump out the window yeah. behind Wallace. It's so good. And then he says, oh, he just left. Like, that's a visually awesome joke. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, speaking of the visuals and the green screen, I don't want to compare it to this because it's way better than this, but it reminds me of... Uh, speed racer <laughs> yeah in that in that it looks really cheesy but because it looks cheesy it's has a lot of charm to it and it's really fun yes it's it's better than speed racer like <laughs> yes. don't get me wrong but like when he's like you know on the racetrack and you see like the green screen like oh yeah that's <laughs> definitely green screen look at that yeah like you get that feeling in scott program like when he's jumping through the air like oh yeah yep that's not the best green screen i've ever seen but I like it that way. Mm-hmm. And I would prefer it that way, honestly. Yeah. I, I enjoy any time that, like, uh, the music that they make creates something that you can see. Yeah. Uh, whether it just be, like, sound waves. Yeah. Or when he's having the bass off against Brown and Ralph. Yeah, it's a D, 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 just flying through the air. Yeah. That was weird, though, because he played more than Ds, but it was only D. Yeah. Going I was like, oh, that's interesting. But, yeah. That's fun. Oh, that. What What is your favorite like X? fight? Yeah, X segment, whatever you want to call it. You know what? It might be the vegan. I think that's my favorite. <laughs> uh, punching and... the highlights out of her hair. Yeah, that was it's, good. It's too good. Don't you Just know? Watching them splatter. <laughs> Todd's vegan. Uh. Or I love when the vegan police show up at the end <laughs> to to get him for having the milk. He's like, well, that was only my first offense. And they're like, yeah, chicken parmesan. He's like, chicken isn't vegan? <laughs> uh, yeah. Once you were vegan, now you will vegan. Once you were vegan, now you will be gone. That's one of my favorite lines. It's so movie. good. It's so it's good. It's super stupid. But well, they, Exactly. It's, it's they've this embraced so it. cheesy, but it's so great. <laughs> yeah. Because they roll with the punches and you're just like, oh, yeah. So every ridiculous line that they say, the movie just gets better. Yeah. It, it just does. And it also helps that they say it with the straightest face. <laughs> yeah. Right? They're selling this like, oh, I, you know, I'm selling a, I'm, re- I'm yeah. really saying a zinger here. Yeah. Or, uh, like, where'd you learn that? Vegan Academy as a joke. And then he was like, and then my dad sent me to Vegan Academy. Like, oh, that's real. <laughs> 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 so yeah. good. Huh. Number really number good. two would probably be Lucas Lee. Absolutely. Chris yeah, Evans. The same for me, too. So good. Huh. The stuntman gag is really funny. I love how when they when they come out from behind him, they're all like a little bit shorter in like yeah. the pyramid line, and they all have the same voice. Yeah, 
so good. Also, I don't, what is that voice that Chris Evans is doing? <laughs> it's amazing. He's never done it in anything else. Probably for good reason, <laughs> but it's super funny. It's amazing. It's so good. Huh. Or I like that he cracks his neck to the bump bump in the Universal <laughs> yeah. intro. Oh. I love it. Yeah. I, I like that when a girl shows up and Scott's like, I don't know what to do about this. Like, I can't fight a girl. So Ramona just grabs his wrist <laughs> and does the fighting for him. Yeah. Also probably, what what a creative and, and interesting way to die, to have her literally die by orgasm. <laughs> yeah. It was really weird. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, just, it's like, I'm watching with Caleb, my brother, and it's just like, I'm like, oh. And there was the weirdest part of the movie there where he's like, yeah, that was, uh, like, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that was, the, I did, I definitely, when I watched it the first time and I was much younger, didn't put that together. Yeah. And then later I watched it and it's like watching Shrek when you grow older and you're like, oh, I oh. get it now. <laughs> oh. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm a little bi-furious. That's also one of my yeah. favorite lines. Yeah. It's just, it's just these lines, you know? It's, it's they're so they're good. They're so good. And yeah. we, we've touched on it, but let's, I mean, let's nail down. The casting in this movie so good. is awesome. Michael Sarah is really, really good as Scott Pilgrim. He is. And just kind of like, he he sells kind of the doe-eyed idiot mm-hmm. who has no idea what's going on, as well as he sells the somewhat competent fighter. Yeah. And to like kind of go back and forth between the different sides of his character from the kind of, oh, I don't know, to... Like, let's fight, I'm taking you out. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it's great. The casting. Chris Evans, Lucas Lee, amazing. Yeah. Brennan Routh as the other guy. Todd. Todd. Uh, also, this was the era when, like, Brie Larson was, like, not that she doesn't do fun stuff now. She does, like, Marvel, but she was showing up in like comedies around this time. Like she's in 21 mm-hmm. jump street, which came out around this time as well. And it's like, Oh yeah, <clears throat> I definitely wouldn't have like pinned you as someone to be in a movie like this. And then she shows up and you're like, Oh, there she is. <laughs> and there's a lot of that too, where it's like, Oh, there you are. There's Aubrey Plaza from Parks yeah. and Rec. There's a uh, Anna Kendrick from pitch perfect. Yeah. Hello. Uh, I, I really like, uh, Aubrey Plaza swearing a bunch too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's that's good stuff. Um, and that that was a joke that I thought they did really well in the anime as they well. They did, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> there there were a couple jokes. When a joke is really good, I pause it, I go back, and I watch it again right <laughs> in the moment. And that that was one of the jokes was the the swearing to the customers. Nice, so good. Um, yeah, something I find interesting about this movie is looking at Jason Schwartzman. Yep. He looks Our so young. He's, he's, he's like so young in this. Yeah. Oh, it's so weird. So he's yeah. like 14 years old now. Which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, that's wild. Also, music in this movie. Oh, it's a lot of fun. Pretty good. It's pretty bumping. I also like, just anytime the bands are facing off. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Or the fact that the like the opening credits of the movie... Artist sex, but bomb just jamming out, yeah, to a song that like doesn't really have any words. It just kind of yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good though. Like uh, when they they start playing at the beginning of the movie, like the camera work, 
and it's like down it looks like it's down like a really long dark hallway yeah as it like moves in like oh that's so cool to the couch just this movie is so creative in its like use of space yeah like that you see on the frame and like how different it feels like like i'm saying the couch like you see it from that far away and then the couch moves up like the camera moves closer to the couch and the band and it looks kind of flat like it looks like almost 2d yeah and then it like swirls around and like oh this it's just so good it's just it's so satisfying yeah i've, I've heard that uh you know edgar wright in making his movies has kind of looked at a genre and said i want to do that but i kind of want to put my own twist on it mm-hmm. and that's kind of what makes his movie set apart yes yeah, Shaun of the dead is a zombie movie but you can't compare Shaun of the Dead to anything else. Yeah. Right? You'd have to go super vague with like, oh, it's a zombie comedy, so I guess it's like Zombieland. But Zombieland and Shaun of the Dead are, are on like total yeah, different no, ends yeah. of that spectrum, right? Of yeah. zombie comedy movies. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, looking at this compared to like, literally every other comic book or super, uh, comic book movie. Yeah. It, it y- there's nothing like this. No, it's... And you can tell why they brought him on to do Ant-Man after this. And it's yeah. a shame that he that they couldn't make it work and have him make that movie. Mm-hmm. Because you can see the parts of, specifically the first Ant-Man movie, that were Edgar's stuff. Was Edgar's yeah. stuff. Like when, when Scott Lang steps into the bathtub and he shrinks down for the first time. And you get yeah. that sense of like, wow, this stuff is freaking huge. Yeah. Because you're so small and the, the way the water flows and like sweeps them up and that whole sequence, that was all Edgar Wright. Yeah. And you can kind of tell because they never kind of matched that in any of the other movies. No, not at all. And specifically the the gag with Michael Pena, Luis. Yeah. When he's telling stories, it's getting to other people and they're matching mouths with, he's saying what they're saying, but they're mouthing along to him saying it. Yeah. That was his gag as well. And you can tell because of the way the camera moves and just that's kind of a gag that he would do. Yeah. And again, they never match that in the subsequent movies. No. Yeah, I'd really like him to be brought on to do something. Either if Marvel brings him back or, hey, we're rebooting the DC Universe. <laughs> Let's get him in to do something because I think that'd be a ton of fun. That would be, yeah. Just get him away from Baby Driver too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. <sighs> and what's really interesting, this branches into a lot of it is, yes, like, let's talk about Scott Pilgrim specifically. This movie's a ton of fun, and it's a total blast, but also it never feels like any of the character moments are, like, diminished. Mm-hmm. Like, Scott goes on a journey, and you're fully aware of that the whole time. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, the big scene at the end where... Knives and Ramona are in the same room, and he's kind of confronted with the fact that he cheated. Yeah. And then he dies and comes back, and he comes back and he went, no, I did mess up. I cheated on both of you, and I'm really sorry about that, and Knives, you deserve better than what I did to you. Yeah. And Ramona, I mean, please, like, I am sorry, and if we can make this work, I'd really like to. And so, like, for all the fun that this movie is, it's not absent of... Of heart and, and emotion and character moments. Yeah. And that's really cool, man. Yeah. That's true. It's a good movie. It's a, it's a great movie. It is. Move on to another great movie. Might as well. 
Let's talk about Baby Driver. Let's do it. What do you think of this movie? This movie's awesome. Yeah, it's alright. And musically, I have one word. Musically, wow. Just wow. <laughs> wow. Wowzers. I mean, they've done this kind of thing, like, syncing up music to what's happening in the movie for, like, trailers. Like, if you watch, like, some of the, the Suicide Squad trailers for the first Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. Or or other ones. Like, the Argyle trailer does this a little bit. Um, you know, you sync up, like, the beats to, like, gunshots or yeah. or things that are happening or steps. Yeah, I'm just thinking of the King of the Monsters trailer right now. It's good stuff. But, yeah. yeah. To do that for a whole movie... It's great. Dude, and to have it consistently interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And to have it varying levels of, like, subtlety yeah. to it. Whether it's, like, he picks up a, uh, a floorboard and, like, puts it back in. And not just that he puts it back in on a beat. It hits the one side of the, like, the empty floorboard and then the other side and then down all at the same time. Yeah. On beat. Yeah. Like, that's, like, that's more subtle. Whereas, like, you know, like... Pulling back a piece of carpet on beat is like not as subtle. Like you notice that, and it's yeah. just it's amazing. It's so good. Also about the music and the stuff on beat is um, it's not just to be like, hey, this is cool. Because I mean, it is. It's it's, it's very really cool. cool, right? But it's so cool. Um, and I didn't I didn't notice this, or I guess I did notice, but I wasn't really thinking about it. But I watched it with my sister, and he was going out with um Deborah. And she's he she's like, he hasn't worn the earbuds once since like they started going out. And I'm like, wow. And then he gets pulled back in and puts the earbuds back in, and I'm like, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's just that's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. Subtle storytelling yeah. in a in a cool way. Yeah, it's also really cool that the music is diegetic, like the the music is playing yeah. in universe, yeah. and that they're interacting with it. Like, it's not, they're not just doing things on beat just to be cool. Yeah. But, like, Baby's literally listening to this music. Yeah. It's part of the movie. And, as we learn, like, music is so much a part of who he is. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, really ties into his relationship with his mom. hmm Which, that, her singing easy at the end of the movie, that's a really great cover. It's true. Like, really great. Like, they nailed yeah. that. Absolutely. Uh, and so, like... You know, him listening to music is him, like, just, like, connecting and grounding himself. Mm-hmm. And what's also nice, too, is it's not, like, just a very serious thing. Like, oh, we're going to listen to music, you know, so he doesn't lose track of himself. But from the get-go with Bell Bottoms in the opening high scene, which, by the way, an excellent opening sequence. It's perfect. Excellent. It's perfect. But he's having fun listening to the music. Yeah. Right? He's singing along. He's like tapping the steering wheel. He's whacking the side of his car to the, the yeah. beat, and especially when uh, when he hears Deborah for the first time in his house, he's like dancing and singing mm-hmm. around his stepdad. There, stepdad, yeah, foster dad, foster dad, surrogate dad. Which also that was a dynamic that I really really liked. Yes, especially because, you know, we have baby who. Who is pretty quiet, but who listens to music a lot. And now he's with someone who can't listen to music. You know, Joe gets a little bit when he, like, puts his hand on the speaker and he's like, oh, like, this this feels like it's a cool song. But they have to, like, mm-hmm. sign to each other to, like, actually communicate. Mm-hmm. To interesting stuff. 
Yeah. It's layers upon layers of yeah. storytelling in this movie. And it's again, brilliant. again, for all the fun that this movie is, and we'll dive into more, like, they don't shy away from, like, the personal story. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's really what the center of this movie is. Yes. And like, I, yeah, we know Edgar Wright wanted to make a car movie to music. Yeah. And that's, that was why he made the movie. And then, like, building up the story around that becomes the center of the story. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's great. And you know what? Let's get into it. The driving in this movie. It's so Ooh, good. We it's did. so good. Oh, oh this movie. Oh. Yeah. And there's some things where it's like, you know, they definitely needed to get a stunt driver in there. Yeah. But, but the fact that you're very much clearly seeing... Ansel Elgort in mm-hmm. the driver's seat for a lot of it. It's like, wow. Yeah. And he talked about it too in the interviews. He's like, I had to learn how to he's like, I had to learn how to drive stick and yeah. then learn how to drift for this movie. And, oh, it just, it never gets boring. No. Every corner he takes you're like, ooh, that was pretty good. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, it's You can do it again? Oh, he did it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is really nice. Yeah, this entire movie is just like exhilarating, even even at like emotionally exhilarating, you know, yeah. even at the quieter moments. But it's just it like captures you in the beginning, and then doesn't let you go until the end. No, nope. no. Which I'm gonna be honest, another movie that I completely forgot how it ended. I was like, um, yeah. So we'll talk about the ending movie over here. Yeah, if you're okay with that. Yep. Okay, so. Uh, first of all, I want to say John Hamm. I mean, like, yeah, come on, come on, come on, amazing. He's the man. <laughs> yeah, he just is. Uh, but that whole, I remembered up until he like falls off the edge of the parking lot. Yeah, and I remember that his his car crashes and everything. I remember that, and I completely forgot about what happened after that. Again, it was like I was watching it for the first time because it didn't happen, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right, it happened." And I was like, "Oh, that's that's nice, that's cool." Like this is the first time I'm watching it, basically. Yeah. But um, because he he, they're driving away like him and Deborah. Yeah. And then like the RCMP, the police, I don't not RCMP, that's, <laughs> that's Canadian. Uh, the whatever. The cops. The cops. They're there, uh, and they stop them, and and the, it was like mesmerizing. I was like, "What? Wow, what are you gonna? What are you gonna do?" It was so exciting because I didn't know, uh, and I'm so glad that it ended the way it did. It was it was beautiful because it, he went to jail, and I was like, oh, "Does it end with him going to jail?" Well, that sucks. <laughs> but but he, he gets out, and she's there waiting with the car, and it's the driver waits. But did he get out, or was, or was it, it a dream? I'm just gonna say it's real. <laughs> it seems real to me. It feels like it was real because of the testimonies. You know what I'm saying? And then him have, getting out early for good behavior. Yeah. You know, with the 25 years, I don't remember how long it was, but it was like hearing in five years or wh- whatever it was yeah. that he's eligible for. And I was like, oh, that's nice. That's a nice ending. You know, he served his time because he did some stuff. So I guess well, that, he did. Yeah. He, <laughs> as, much, as much as he was a good guy, he did steal a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Did a lot of illegal activity, so. But man, what a good movie. And that was also that, that court scene is really cool, kind of mm-hmm. bringing in some moments that you're like, oh, is, we have seen him being a good person. But to show that, like, he's actually such a good person that, like, it stuck with those people. Like him yeah. giving the baby back to the mom or saying, I'm sorry, and 
and throwing the purse back at the lady whose yeah. car he steals. And then they're there saying, like, yeah, he stole my car, but, like, he said, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I like, I don't know how to feel about that. Like, he stole my car, but gave me my purse, so I'm like, oh, something else is happening here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, the, the team, or the other criminals in this movie. First, second, or third heist. All of them. I like, <laughs> I like that we see people at the beginning... And then the second one, and then they kind of come together in the third heist. What what I think is really fun about that is uh, John Bernthal is one of the criminals at the beginning. Yeah. And as he gets out of the elevator, he says, if you don't see me again, means I'm dead. And we don't see him again. (laughs) So I guess he's dead. I guess so. Yeah. But, um, man, people in this movie are so (laughs) good at acting to be just the most hateable person ever. Like, I hate... But kind of delightfully hateable, too. Yeah, but, like, I hate pretty much everybody in this movie. Like, John Hamm, I'm like, oh, I kind of like you. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, dang it, I hate you now. <laughs> and, um, Jamie Foxx, I just, like, hate him the entire time. Oh, yeah. And I just, it just gets more and more. It's so... It's one of the most satisfying deaths in any <laughs> movie I've ever watched. Just a full chest full of rebar. <laughs> yeah. But just the build-up to that scene, too. Like, of him, like, all right, go, go, go. And then he's just, uh, baby's still in the car, like, just like, uh... I need to do something. This this can't go on. Yeah. And then just that from that moment. Oh, what a good movie. Just what a well-written movie. Agreed. And that chase scene that happens right after that too. Yeah. Where they're running through the park and through the shopping mall. Again, with the music. Oh, yeah, and the gunshots. Is, is really incredible. Yeah. But also, like, visually, it's it's, it's equally as... Like stimulating, yeah, and I like that. Like when the song like slows down a little bit and gets into like the yodeling bit, yeah, <laughs> which is kind of fun. Yeah, he's like kind of like lurking around like a convenience store, put on like a jacket and sunglasses mm-hmm. and a hat and stuff. And then when the song picks up again, it's because the cops have spotted him and now he's running. Yeah, again, <laughs> it's so good. It's good. <laughs> and I, I was listening to the soundtrack for like at least a month. Just every day. Yeah. Pulling up to work after I watch the movie. It's so good. It's good. It's good. You know what? Let's, we've, we've, we've hinted on it again. Casting in this movie. Mm. Oh, it's so good. Mm. Mm. Now, look. Kevin Spacey. Real I, I, We already don't like him, so like... Real life. Works. Real life. We know. Yeah. But, sorry, he does kind of a good job in this he does. movie. Again... Not a likable character. Exactly. He's he, he almost gets to that point at one point where he's like, I was in love once, and then he dies within like two minutes. So they're yeah. like, you want to be likable? And no, dog. <laughs> no. You can't. But uh, yeah, John Hamm, Isaac Gonzalez, and yeah. and Jamie Foxx, as three very different criminals, yeah. are just so fun. Especially in that, because you see so much of the setup for that third heist. And even having seen them again in the previous ones, Jamie Foxx is just a dog. Like, oh my goodness. He's the worst. Yeah. Ansel Elgort, I feel it does a really, really great job. Again, but, uh, not again. I haven't said that about this. But because he's so quiet, there's a lot of subtlety in his acting in those moments. But we get to see him having fun, you know, with his scene at the beginning with bell bottoms 
and yeah. when he's dancing around his apartment for for Deborah. The song, not the girl. Uh, and then just seeing like his his rage in like the last twenty minutes when he's going against Buddy. That's yeah. It's a it's, really good performance. It's good. And like before this, I'd seen him in like the Divergent movies, which ooh. Not not what you want to base off. And then no. I haven't seen the full movie, but like clips from like Fault in Our Stars. Yeah. And then to find out that like this guy's the guy who's gonna be the the lead actor in like a heist movie. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. And then and then I learned to know and it's really great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. It's fantastic. And Lily James is really good. Oh yeah. In in her role. Yeah, I She's a lot of fun to watch, and it makes sense why Baby would be so interested in her. Mm-hmm. And watching that relationship just grow as it does yeah, is a lot of fun. And when he's like, I need to get out because I've messed up, it totally makes sense that he's like, I'm grabbing her and I'm gone. I'm going. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's not like, oh, like, do I grab it? Like, it's not, there's no wrestling through that. It's like, no, I need to get her, and we're gone, and we're going together. Yeah. Right, because in the short time that they've been dating, I mean, they connected so well. Mm-hmm. And even just, like, their their love of music is really fun together, but just their chemistry is really fun, too. Yeah, it's true. It's good character dynamics in this movie. Yeah. I really like the joke at the second heist, when the one guy was supposed to get Michael Myers' Halloween masks. It's so good. And he gets Austin Powers. He's like, that is Mike Myers! <laughs> The Halloween mask. This is a Halloween mask. <laughs> no, the guy from Halloween. Oh, you mean Jason? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I I love it especially because I, I I can't remember if this is true or not, but I heard that it was because Edgar Wright couldn't get like the rights to have the Halloween mask, <laughs> so then he just wrote that joke in there instead. I haven't I heard that, like, but I'm good. With I it. heard that. I don't know if that's true or not. I'll have to fact check that. <laughs> but I remember hearing it or reading it somewhere, and I'm like, that's amazing. So if that's true. That's amazing. If not. Also still amazing. Good joke. Yeah. Uh, a, a bit of, of subtle visual storytelling that I really enjoy too is uh, in preparation for the second heist, you see Baby kind of not paying attention to the information being laid out. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of just dancing with his hands on yeah. the table. Uh, and then Jamie Foxx was like, how come I don't think that this guy heard a word you said? And then he says it all back word for word. Great scene, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then when they're doing the prep for the third one, he's holding that little car, mm-hmm. the wind-up one, and all of these heists have gone off just beautifully, right? Yeah. So far, a little hiccup in the second one, but I mean, they still pulled it off. Yeah. But at the end of them laying out, okay, here's what we're going to do and here's what we're going to do it, Baby slips his fingers on the toy car and it drives off yeah. the table and crashes. And that's like the first very subtle indication of like, this isn't going to go the way it was meant to. No. Like, this is this is going to mess up. And I'm like, that's... I like that. It's good. It's good. I like that. The writing is good, man. It is. Uh, another thing about this movie that is just so cool is the first time he goes home, he turns on the TV and he flips through channels. Yeah, yeah. And he gets, like, one line from a bunch of different things. And each of those lines he uses later in the movie... Like, I don't know what movie it is, but it's John Krasinski saying, oh, they grow up so fast, don't they? Yeah. And then when he's at the bank, 
counting guards and security cameras and stuff, and they asked him about the kid. He's like, he's four, eight. They grow up so fast, don't they? Right? Just because he has, like, these lines in his head yeah. that just come out when he needs to. The Monsters, Inc. line is a great bit. It's great. Especially when uh, the doc or whatever his yeah. name is, is like, stop feeding me Monsters, Inc. lines. It pisses me off. <laughs> I knew I recognized it. My nephew watches it all the time. Yeah. Well, I what I liked about watching this movie is because since the last time I watched it, uh, I have watched more movies. Yeah. Right? And one of them was Fight Club. Yeah. And so I saw Fight Club on the TV and I just got excited. Because yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I know what that is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It's a good movie. It's a great movie, man. It's great. But are we ready to move on to our... I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm ready to move on. Alright. Let's talk about Last Night in Soho. Let's do it. The movie, not the events that happened last night in Soho. Really a stupid joke, but I could not make it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's okay. I forgive you. Horror movie. Yep. A lot less jokes in this one. This movie's a lot less funny, but it's still pretty good. It is actually pretty And good. It, it works really well. It does. And what I like about this, again, going back to Edgar saying, I'm going to pick this genre... I'm going to put my twist on it. In the first couple minutes of the movie, uh, Eloise is in her room getting ready to go, mm-hmm. and they do the bit which every horror movie does, yeah. where there's a, a cabinet or something with a mirror on it, Yeah, you know, and, and you see her face and nothing behind her, and then she opens it up and closes, and boo, jump scare, there's someone behind her now. Except we see someone behind her, mm-hmm. but there's not that bah, that music yeah, cue it feels just kind of like it's not a jump scare it's a little creepy a little eerie yeah but but we're not we're not doing that jump scare and a little bit again with the hallway you know the door into her room where we see there's no one there and it pans away and it comes back and then her grandma's there mm-hmm. and the and again they don't do the jump scare and what that felt like to me at least was saying this is what other horror movies do and quite frankly it's a little cheap I'm gonna scare you but I'm not going to do it in ways that are this simple and this yeah. common. So, here you are. This is what other movies have done. I'm not doing this like they do. Mm-hmm. And the mirror work in this movie is That's incredible. Amazing. I don't know how they do half of it. I mean, some of it is just, like, actresses sitting on either side of yeah. a wall, I guess, right? And then they just make it look like there's glass there or something. Yeah. Oh, something about that is, like, the dance scene. Yes. Is that it's it's just them switching while they're filming it. Like, yeah. Oh, like, watching how that scene was made is, is so fascinating. Because I'm like, this is insane, like, to be able to pull this off. Oh, and, yeah, a lot of the mirror stuff. And it's equal... It's not equally impressive. It's very impressive when you have Anya Taylor-Joy and Thompson McKenzie mirroring each other like going downstairs or something and they're like mm-hmm. it looks like they're it looks like a reflection it's like wow that's really good yeah and then the way they use it when like thomason's like upset at things that are happening and she's like reacting in the mirror mm-hmm. to anya not doing those movements yeah. and it's like wow well this is again a little creepy yeah which it should be yeah but also just like really interesting to look at it is it's fascinating. <laughs> Very. It's a fascinating concept, you know. And this is and this is one of those movies like uh you know you watch the first 
bit of Scott Pilgrim, you're like, okay, I see where this is going. And then a guy shows up and <laughs> and it's a video game fight movie. This looks like, okay, so this girl's going to going to Soho, going to London, you know, uh, yeah. and and she's going to give it her shot at a... Art school. Uh, yeah. Fashion school. Fashion school. Fashion school. And, and, you know, because of, she's from a farm, she, she's, and she's got these different ideas, mm-hmm. you know, she's going to push through these struggles, and then all of a sudden, it just starts getting weirder and weirder after she moves into yeah. that attic. It's true. Like, I think the first dream was like, okay, that's nice. First and dream's she really up. interesting. Yeah. And, and, like, she's so excited after it, too, and it's like, yeah, I would be, too. That would, like, what a cool yeah. thing to have experienced. Like to have like teleport yourself back in time, and as I mean, as far as she knows, it's just a dream. Yeah. But what a cool dream to have! Yeah. You get to wear these awesome clothes, and you get to shoot your shot as a as a singer. Mm-hmm. And then it just goes downhill. Yep. And the amount by which it goes downhill in every night just ramps up. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> to the point where you're like, honestly, if there weren't ghosts in this movie. It would already be very scary. Yeah. Yeah, the, the ghosts. Um, very interesting designs. To have yes. the people with, with like the, the blocked out faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were two jump scares in this movie that I thought were... I I generally get pretty annoyed with jump scares. Especially if they're not done well. I'm like, hey, come on. Like, that's, like, that's just mean. <laughs> but there were two in this movie that I thought were like, you really got me. But I gotta respect it. The first one is is when she wakes up from the dream, or she thinks that she's waking up from the dream after it's mm-hmm. gotten really bad, and then the guy's there in her room, and grabs her, and then she really wakes up. That's a great jump scare, like mm-hmm. very scary. I yeah yeah I love jump scares because, although I love jump scares and don't love jump scares because I rarely get jump scared. It, you you so like I, jump scares when you're watching them with me. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's really fun. But, like, me personally, I want to get jump scared, but, like, I rarely get jump scared. Yeah. Like, um, we've watched several, I can't think of any on 65, but that's not a good example. <laughs> but, like, you know, where they do a bunch of jump scares, and I'm like, I, I want you to get me, but nothing's nothing's yeah. doing it. I'm so sad. Yeah, but I think this movie did it. I think once. That might have been, be that, that been the time that I got jump scared. Or the second one is... When Eloise, at the end of the movie, is running to the phone in her room, and a hand punches through the floorboard and grabs her ankle. Oh yeah, that and was And she good. falls down. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. because you're, like, you're not even thinking that that's going to happen. Like, you're focused on, like, get to the phone before <laughs> yeah. the old lady gets up the stairs, right? Yeah. And then, bam, I don't know where you're like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it just escalates really crazy yeah i'm also happy that um there was a mystery element to this movie yes that wasn't painfully obvious yeah i would agree i would i wouldn't say that like my mind has been blown more than it ever has in my entire life but like we we see her um it, it was more of the fact that when they reveal like that the old lady was the, Honey Taylor, Joy. Taylor joy right it was like, oh my gosh, when they revealed it, I'm like, we saw a letter addressed to her with the same name. Yeah. I just didn't even think about it. So I was more like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, the clues are totally there, but you're so busy being convinced that 
like this can't happen, yeah. right? You're not even thinking that that's a possibility. Yeah. And especially when you get to the point where you see the vision of her getting stabbed to death in the bed. It's like, well, obviously she's not alive now because she was murdered. Yeah. Right? And so then to be like, oh no, it's me. And actually I killed him that night. And then every other man that tried to sleep with me for money after that. And you're like, oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I did not. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty well done. Yeah. And the, again, the the performances, acting, sells it. Incredible. Yeah. Matt Smith really does a good job of just being a, like, just likable enough at the beginning. Yeah. They're like, okay, maybe, maybe there's something here. But then he really just ramps up that creepy factor. And you're like, oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. was no good, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really like Thomas McKenzie, who, prior to this, I'd only seen... Yes, in Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I thought she did a great job in that, too. And just to see her, like, do another great job, mm-hmm. awesome. Oh, yeah. Because, as we've discussed, not everyone in that movie went on to do good things, specifically Archie Yates, who was uh, Yogi, I think his name was, Jojo's friend. And then he did oh, yeah. Home Alone And then Matt six. Smith did Last Night Solo, and then he wanted to do Morbius, yeah, Matt Smith also had some not-so-great stuff beforehand. He was in one of the Terminator 3s. I only think of Doctor Who. <laughs> and I don't even watch Doctor that's, Who. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. He's a pretty iconic Doctor Who. Yeah. But yeah. Last Night Soho, good movie. Agreed. Also, music again. Oh, it's great. And, and they got some picks from the 60s that they play. And it's like, these are good songs. Yeah. I'm really liking this. And also, like, when Anya is singing on screen, like, you got some singing chops. That's yeah. pretty good. And, like, there's been a few musicals that have come out recently where, where people are singing. And the complaint that I have is that you can tell in a lot of musicals now that they're digitally altering the voice, mm-hmm. you know, behind the scenes. Yeah. But when Anya's singing, it feels pretty legit. I mean, yeah. if they're messing with it, they're covering it up pretty well. Yeah, which they are messing with it. Yes, that's that shows biz, but like, but maybe maybe minimally. Yeah, yeah. But no, she just has a good singing voice. Um, speaking of music, something about all of Edgar Wright's movies is uh, it's like the the licensed songs yeah. that like drives the music, right? Yeah. And then every now and then they're just like, oh yeah, we can do a musical score too here. And that's amazing, by the way. There you go. Yeah. You're welcome for that. All right, back to the normal songs. I'm like, whoa, that was, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Shaun of the Dead has some iconic, just musical, like score moments, specifically from like the beginning of the movie. Just yeah. that creepy vibe. Uh, Hot Fuzz. It's just that like bumping cop music that you're like, this is awesome. I love this. But um, we, we talked about Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim's got great music. Yeah. Um, Baby Driver has... I don't really remember the score on that one, but... It's mostly it's, at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the parking garage. Most of the rest of the movie is just yeah songs. Yeah, because his headphones get yeah. like unplugged or crushed yeah. or whatever. Anyway. But Last Night in Soho has like the most like score yeah. out of all of his movies. And it's really, really good in this one, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a good movie. As well as the soundtrack. This one's like Guardians, right? Yeah. Where like they kind of have like both of them playing together. 
they they fully dipped their hands into both jars yeah, and went and we're committing great. both yeah. ways. And it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be more general, I thought that the horror in this movie was really good. Like it is pretty scary when they want it to be, and I thought that they ramped up into that really well. Yeah. And especially I I watch this in theaters which is like with the volume cranked in there yeah. and like you can't leave and you're stuck there and it's like oh like my heart my heart rate's going up <laughs> yeah <laughs> me kind of son you know yeah well what i love about the horror in this movie is that yeah it's like a scary idea right and yeah. it's like more psychological yeah at the beginning and then the end kind of like goes full on like supernatural stuff but you know like the psychological element like you every time you sleep it's like you're watching you, you, you're put in the passenger seat and you're watching someone else like drive your body. It's not your body, it's a different body, but it's like you could be in control of it, but you can't really control of it. Half and the she's, time. Al- she's also getting like some repercussions of those too. Like Matt Smith gives Anya a hickey on her neck, and the next day, yeah, Eloise in present day has yeah. on her neck. And she's like, okay, interesting. I didn't know how that happened. Yeah, so that also raises the stake of like, oh. Like, when she's getting stabbed to death, she's freaking out because, like... Yeah. Like, is my chest about to explode from, like, invisible knife blades or what? Yeah, exactly. And it's also the thing is, like, all this stuff is happening. It keeps escalating when she's sleeping, right? Yeah. At the start. And that's the thing. Until it's not. Yeah. But it's, like, you have to go to sleep. So she's try Like, when she tries to avoid it, she can't because she needs to sleep eventually. Yeah. So it's like, even if she tries to stay awake, she's going to fall asleep at some point. And that's like the really scary part of it. It's because like, there's no escaping this. Yeah. It's not a matter of just like, oh, just don't go to sleep then. It's like, you have to, to yeah. survive and live. And then it, it starts like, like you said, the hickey and everything. But like, even more like, more physical stuff starts happening and like visions and everything in the real present time. And it's, it's scary. It's spooky. It's good. It's good. And then there's big ghosts that are attacking everything in the burning house but which is also really scary too but like yeah it's the psychological aspect that fascinates me the most i guess yeah kind of like hitchcock you know it's all that like in your mind kind of stuff yeah is it that's the question it's good stuff i don't know man (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and i i was very excited when i you know i'm looking at imdb and oh Edgar Wright's got a new movie coming out, 2021. Sweet. And then the trailer's coming out, like, oh, it's a horror movie. I think we've been pretty honest on the podcast that uh, we don't rush out to go see horror <laughs> movies because yeah. we're scared. But I, yeah. I, I gotta do it. Uh, and yeah, I was scared. But the worst case for me is going to a movie and getting kind of scared. And then the movie's crap, and I was just kind of scared by, like, garbage. Yeah. I'm totally fine with the fact that this movie scared me, because it's really well made. Yeah. It's really good. And it's like, yeah, everything that you wanted to scare me, it did. And, yeah. You know, coming out of the movie, like, I had to take a minute, you know, do some stretches, get my heart rate down. Yeah. But. That's a good movie. But, you know, for, for all the. Yeah. The mental stress I went through. It was to watch a great movie. Yeah. And uh, I'm good with that. Yeah, for sure. 
also just just one shot in this movie that is so cool it's the first night that she goes to sleep in the attic and she mm-hmm. pulls the blanket over herself yeah and it kind of goes on top of the camera and then it just keeps going back yeah and she just gets smaller oh i think it was in the trailers too but what a cool shot yeah it, it's edgar <laughs> his movies are so visually interesting Turn, turn so the much. sound for all the music turn the sound off and you're having a great experience turn the visuals off you're also having a great experience you know <laughs> yeah exactly uh he at the time of recording at least there's not a release date for the next projects that he's working on and fair enough i mean there's been a few years kind of between everything that he's done mm-hmm. but i eagerly await the next thing that he makes because he hasn't let me down yet Maybe fistful of fingers, but that was. Oh, you can't, I you can't really to- totally let down. <laughs> totally give him a pass for that because that mostly felt like him having fun with his friends. So yeah. Uh, but as far as Hollywood is concerned, he has not let me down. Yeah, I'm curious. Now that we've talked about all of his movies, is if you have like an order, I do or ranking. I do. Yeah, I see me do as well. I do. I do. <clears throat> and I am glad that we. That we left, that we ended with us in Soho. At my bottom, I feel like this was made clear. I got fistful of fingers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then my next one, my the lowest of the Hollywood ones, is Last Night in Soho. But I, like, I really like it. Mm-hmm. And I'd like let them know that, like, for it being a great movie, that's the standard. It's up here, right? Yeah. And everything else is above that. So, above Last Night in Soho, I have The World's End. Nice. Then Shaun of the Dead. Then oh. Hot Fuzz. Cornetto, all tied up right in there. Yeah. Then I got Baby Driver. Nice. And then at top, I, I can't help it. It's Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. That's right. The movie's just incredible for me. It's a great movie. I love yeah. it. All right, for me, I didn't watch Fistful Fingers. That's all right. But, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, bottom, I have The World's End. Yep. Um, Last Night in Soho. Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Hot Fuzz. Shaun of the Dead. And then I got Baby Driver. Baby Driver wasn't my number one the first time I watched it. Not that I was like, oh, it, w- yeah. it wasn't that good the first It was amazing the first time. But I hadn't thought about it in a while. And then I rewatched it. I'm like, oh, this is his best. <laughs> this is this is the best movie that he's made. This is amazing. So, yeah. it. I want it to be Shaun of the Dead. But I can't deny my feelings for Baby Driver, you know? Yeah good stuff that's a great catalog it is for sure seven absolute bangers yeah six absolute bangers some of the be fistful <clears throat> anyway yeah you're right <laughs> i was like what math math isn't math <laughs> yeah no yeah for sure thank you audience for listening to this episode uh we hope you enjoyed it and as much as we definitely spoiled all the movies we talked about, if you haven't seen them, we still recommend going and watching For sure. his work. Cause good stuff. It's good they're stuff. all bangers. That's what we're going to say. Uh, it's the end of the month, the somewhat unique fifth Wednesday of the month, which means the next Wednesday is the first Wednesday of February. So we will be back next week. Last year we did a, a bit of a review of, of Marvel's Phase 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
in anticipation of Batman Lost Quantumania. We're not looking forward to much in, in ways of, of superhero universe stuff. There's not a ton of movies coming out this year. So we're, we're looking back because the universe has just ended. Yes. The, the DCEU, which yep. fun fact is not an official name, that's a fan name. But next week we will be back to do a review of the DCEU, the Snyderverse, if you will, kind of for some of it. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't figured out the movies we're talking about and the movies that fit into that universe. Yes. And our review will be next week. Darn right. So come back next week to hear us talk about the DC masterpieces and lasterpieces. Oh, Wow. Just came with that in the spot and feel pretty good about it, actually. Even sure. if it kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. You know what? I'm not going to take it away from you. But uh, until then, Luke, can you carry us over with a send-off? Yeah. I'm not going to do a fancy send-off today. All right. I'm going to be honest. I just have to be real with, with everybody here, okay? Um, last year, we did a lot of episodes, which involved me binge-watching a lot of garbage movies. And I have to say... it. It hurts me sometimes. So, and for our next episode, I will be watching some good ones, but a lot of garbage. So I just want to ask you to, you know, be patient with us and like, just, just think about us. All right. And just know that it's going to be a hard time. Hey, thanks Luke. And thank you listener for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to keep up with us and the show, please feel free to follow us on Twitter, or X, if you will, at Pod Screen Time to see some quick thoughts of ours regarding movies or shows. You can also follow us on Instagram, again, at Pod Screen Time, to see when our episodes drop and any extra visuals that we want to show off. You can also catch up with both of us individually on Letterboxd to catch our thoughts and reviews on the movies that we watch. You can find me at The Shininator, and you can find Luke at Shin Glassman. If you want to hear more of Luke, feel free to check out his other podcast, Toku Talk Radio, where he discusses tokusatsu and anime with his sister Hannah. And if you want even more of Luke, who can blame you, you can take yourself over to his YouTube channel, Shin Glassman, where you can watch his videos that range from reviews to tier lists. They really are a blast. Links to all these things are in the description of this episode, so head there to find those and stay connected with us. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you again in the next episode.